the Lord. Tonight we are going to finish up our series on connections, angels and believers. Now the first week, the first series, the first part of the series, first lesson, we talked about uh, angels working in the Old Testament. Then the second week we talked about angels working during the time of Daniel and spiritual warfare, and the prince of Persia, and the prince of Greece, and how that all went about. The archangel Gabriel and the archangel Michael were involved in that. Last week, our third lesson, we talked about New Testament angel activity. And so this week, we're going to finish it off with uh, a little bit of New Testament, a little bit of Old Testament, and some experiences that I've had that I want to share with you regarding the ministry of angels in the hour that we are finding ourselves living in now. We're living in the last days. We're living in the last times, and every day we get closer to the coming of the Lord. Every day we get closer to what a lot of people refer to as the rapture, and we get closer to dying. So we're getting, each day we're marching one way or another toward a final destination from this planet to the next realm of life, that spirit realm that we were originally intended and created for, and we will one day spend eternity forever and ever somewhere. All right, so we're going to go to Peter tonight. We're going to review. Mark doesn't think that I can get this done in a timely fashion, but I want to talk about Peter real quick, what we talked about last week. Acts chapter 5, Peter uh, was in prison and was bailed out of prison by an angel. Verse 5, or verse 19 of chapter 5, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them out, Peter and the apostles. So that was in Acts chapter 5. Peter again, we find him in Acts chapter 12, and now he is finding himself in prison again, sleeping between two soldiers. And the angel of the Lord comes in, wakes Peter up. The soldiers sleep through it all. And Peter walks through all of the doors, all of the wards of the prison, out into the, the, the lot, out into the outer court of the prison, gets to the iron gate, and the Bible says that it opens all by itself. And then the angel takes him one more block and then disappears. And so Peter's been... Busted out of prison on two occasions, Acts chapter 5 and Acts chapter 12. And then we find in later on in the book of Acts, Paul. Paul was on a ship, Acts chapter 27. He was going to Rome. And as he was going to Rome, there was a storm that came up, and the angel of the Lord stood by Paul and said, Don't worry, everybody's going to be safe on the ship. The only thing is the ship is going to be lost. And so he was warned and, and given instruction by the angel of the Lord to, as to what was going to happen in the storm, and that happened in Acts 27. So we, we see that there is, there you go, rev, review's done. Whoa. Amen, hallelujah. Send all your gifts, tithes, and offerings right here because I won, brothers and sisters, right. I know he says, I ain't done yet. So that brings us to today. That brings us to us. So my, my statement to open it up in this lesson is this. If, if God used angels 
in the past. If he used angels in the Old Testament, if he used angels for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if he used angels for Daniel, if he used angels for Zacharias and Mary and Elizabeth and Peter and Paul, if he's used all of these angels in that situation, why wouldn't God use angels today? Why would God's plan change? Why would God's method and operation change? It doesn't change. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3 says, I alone am God, and I don't change. So, let's talk about today. Let's talk about what we're living in today. We're living in the midst of a pandemic right now. We're living in a situation where there is no church people at church. There are no students at school. There are no eaters at restaurants. There are no playgrounds being filled with children. We're, we're living in a very strange and unusual time right now. And we're trying to, to flatten out the curve of this virus and social distancing from each other and wearing masks and all of this. And so we've talked about it being a divine reset. It's a possible to be a divine reset. And the Lord is going to send something through all of this that we're going through right now. He's going to send something into the church. And the church is going to begin to awaken and there's going to be a hunger for the Word of God. And people are going to be ready to hear the Word of the Lord now because this hasn't happened before. And, and some people aren't able to work at home. They're, going to, they're, they're not working right now. Barbers and, and hairstylists aren't working right now. And, and people are out of work and things are happening. And could this be that God is sending a divine reset? So in the midst of uh, when we talked in Lesson 2, about the spiritual the spiritual warfare. When we talked in lesson two, we have to also look at the, the, the point of this, that what happened in the heavenlies showed up on the earth. And so what is happening now on the earth is a result of what's happening in the heavenlies. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And so we see now, and possibly we're in the midst of a huge a spiritual warfare that's going on between light and darkness. I'm going to have to sneeze. Ah. There may be a sneeze come up. Just get ready. All right. So what's happening? What's going on? So let's talk about today. Could it be, and I've heard preachers talking about this, that the Lord is sending angels for this last day harvest. The Lord is sending angels to the earth now. They're going to be the reapers, the harvesters of this last great harvest. The Lord's not coming back after a weak, anemic church. He's coming back after a church that's on fire, a church that's ready to meet him. And I want to be that church today. In these days of our journey upon this earth, angels are to have a significant role in our lives and ministry to this generation just like they did to the Old Testament generation, just like they did to the New Testament generation. Why wouldn't it be any different today that these angels want to work in our lives? So I want to start out in Illinois. A lot of this tonight is going to be uh, from my experiences and from what I've seen the Lord do 
and what I've experienced in this uh, subject of connections between believers and angels. So I was in Illinois years ago when we were evangelizing. The time was 1987, and Amy and I were just freshly married and just had graduated from Bible college, and we were traveling and evangelizing, and we came to a church in Illinois, and it was in a service that we were in in this church that they had worship and singing and all that, and then suddenly, after the worship and the singing, the pastor pulls out a globe. He pulls out a globe of the, of the earth, and he's standing up there, and he's holding this globe in his hand, and he said, church, we're going to pray tonight for the nations. Now, I have ne had never seen anything like this before. I was used to ha people having a worship service, singing some songs, and then they may have some prayer requests or they may have some testimonies or whatever they did, and, and each church was different uh, with the style and the, and the format of the service. But this church, the pastor held out a globe, and they began to call out nations of the world. At the same time, he also said this. He said, we're going to pray for the nations of the world. And he said, church, it's time to hit the walls. And immediately I saw people in that congregation begin to get up. And some people went to the side wall to the right, and some went to the side wall to the left, and some went to the front wall of the sanctuary, and some went to the back wall of the sanctuary. And I'm, I'm looking here, and I'm trying to figure all this out. I have never seen anything like this in my whole life. I'm trying to figure out what in the world is going on. This is right here in Illinois that I saw this happen. And after church, I mean, they were praying. They were praying to the north, the south, the east, and the west. They were praying in, in the Holy Ghost. They were praying in tongues. They were speaking in different languages, praying in tongues as their hands were on the wall. They were praying to the, about the towns and the cities in each direction from the church that God would, would touch people and the Spirit of the Lord would move in these cities and towns. And I was scratching my head, and, and after service I began to ask questions. And the pastor took me to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43 3 says this, For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba, for thee. Now, this is talking about the natural nation and natural seed of Israel. But you've got to remember this, that in the natural seed of Israel, there's also a strand of parallelism that runs in the spirit as well. So there are times when a scripture will be talking about the natural, but can also be applied to the spiritual seed of Israel. Verse 4, since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give me men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone, notice this, everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. I began to study this and I began to pray over it. I began to say, Lord, show me what you're doing here. This, this church in, in Illinois was in a little town of 300 people. And they ran almost 300 people in the church. 
and I was trying to figure it all out and what was going on. And, I, and, the, and the Lord was saying, we're not just talking about the four walls. The Bible says that when the Lord was on the earth, he talked about my house shall be a house of prayer for all the nations. And so we began to look at it, and you can pray for, if you're going to pray to the east, you can pray for Europe, you can pray for Germany, you can pray for Czechoslovakia, you can pray for Italy, you can pray for Spain. You pray to the east or the, or the west, you can pray for, uh, you know, China, and you can pray for Japan and Australia. If you pray to the north, you can pray up into Canada and and through all of the North area. If you pray to the South, you can pray South America, Central America. You can just pray all for the nations of the world that God's Spirit would inhabit these places, that God's Spirit would move in these countries. And things would begin to happen in these countries for the kingdom of the, of the Lord. And so we looked at that and, and we began to research it out. And I began, in my travels, I began to preach about this. Began to talk about this church I began to, that we were in. I began to talk about uh, the other churches, what I had seen. We were out in a little town called Borger, Texas. It's in West Texas. It's up in the panhandle. And I preached about going to the walls and preached about there's revival in the winds. And, and we can have, we can see revival happen. And, and this can happen and that can happen. And, and as I was preaching it, I said, you know, God can move and God can bring in backsliders. And we, we, we went to the four walls of the church in that service that we were in, in a series of services. We were there, and the people were laying their hands on the, on the walls, and they were talking about communities in each direction, and they were talking about backsliders who were not in church anymore and needed to come back to the Lord. And so they were just speaking that the Spirit of the Lord would move up and down the highways and the streets of that town. And as they were praying, I noticed it was, it was kind of getting dark. It was in the fall of the year. And I noticed that there were some headlights that were shining into the glass uh, doors and, and the vestibule and the foyer of the building. And as it was getting dark, these lights just stayed on, these car lights. And service was over then. And we went on to uh, our hotel and what we were going to do. Come to find out that there was a uh, young couple who had went to church for a while and then they quit going, and they were walking. They had walked away from God, and as they were driving down the main street of Borger, Texas, they said there was something that told them you need to go by the church. It was the same time that the church was praying that the Lord would begin to move in the north, the south, the east, and the west. It was the same time that the church was praying, Lord, touch those who have been in the church and aren't in the church right now. Get a hold of them and bring them back. Those headlights were from the car of that couple who hadn't been in church in a long time. And they said, something just drew us back here. So we came back. They came that weekend to services, and they renewed their life in the Spirit to the Lord, and they gave their hearts back to the Lord. I'm talking about there's a connection between what the angels are doing and what the church is praying. And so that's what I want to talk to us about tonight. I want to share this. A few uh, months later, we found ourselves preaching in Hawaii. Now, it was a tough job. It's a tough assignment, but somebody has to go there and preach. And thankfully, the Lord saw that I have what it takes to endure Hawaii and go there. So, yes, Lord. And so, 
we were preaching is over a Thanksgiving weekend, there was a series of services that were going on on the island of Maui. And in one of the services, I preached about Isaiah 43 and about the four winds, and there's revival in the winds, and the presence of the Lord wants to move beyond our four walls. Listen, that's what I believe in 2020. I believe God wants to move beyond our four walls, just like this message tonight is not just going to be heard by a few people that would be here on a normal Wednesday night. This is going out on eight different platforms and streaming situations and social media. This is going out worldwide. Anybody in the world can come across this. You see, when I pray, I pray, God, let hungry hearts come across our website. Let hungry hearts find our podcast. Let hungry hearts find, God, what they're looking for in something that we're saying. Feed a heart, God, in Zimbabwe or Zaire. Feed somebody, Lord, in the Philippines or Singapore. Feed them, God, with your word. So here we are, we're in Maui, and I'm preaching about revival in the wind. So there was a group of, of churches, several churches that came from the different islands to Maui for this Thanksgiving revival way back in 1987. Yes, they had airplanes then. Yes, we were able to go to Hawaii, and they had electricity in 1987. My kids look at 1987 and they're like, 1987? They just can't believe it. But it really did happen and there really was life in 1987. So the church, one of the churches, the pastor in Honolulu went back to his church and they were having a prayer meeting. And during this prayer meeting, they went to the walls. Some went to the east wall, some went to the west wall, some went to the north wall, some went to the south wall. And they began to pray and ask the Spirit of the Lord to not only be in this, in this building, but Lord, let your presence go all around this island. And there's a, uh, there's a four-lane highway that goes right up by that, that church there, Highway 87, there or 78, Highway 78, just outside of Pearl City, outside of Honolulu. And so as they began to pray, they, they just prayed and Really, it was kind of uneventful. It was just a normal prayer meeting. And they came in on the Sunday morning after that prayer meeting. And there was a brand new couple sitting there in the pews. And they said, well, how did you hear about us? We, where do you live? And they told them where they live. And they said, it's really strange. But about such and such time on Saturday night or whenever the prayer meeting was, we were driving by here and something told us, you need to get off this exit right here. And when they got off of the exit, they said, as we got off of the exit, we didn't know why we were getting off of the exit. We just began to turn in and turn off the exit. And that exit leads right off. And you, there, you cannot miss the church. The church is right there on that exit. And as they saw the church building come into view, uh, something spoke to them and said, you need to go to that church Sunday morning. I have what you need at that church. And they said, that's why we're here. It was the prayers and the connection between the angels and the believers that God began to use and began to touch people driving down the freeway right by that church. Get off of this exit. When they get off, they don't know why they're getting off until they see that church. God did the same thing in Hawaii. Now, I had more to learn. I wasn't, I wasn't all done yet. I still, I'm still not finished yet. I'm still learning. I'm still putting together. But God wanted to add to it. He took me to Psalm 103, the 103rd Psalm. And he said this in verse 19, 
It says, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and, he, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels. Now, this is King James. Watch now. Bless the Lord, you his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto his, the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Now, let's look at that in, a, in the Amplified and see what it says. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. Bless, again, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, all you his host, you his ministers who do his pleasure. And so the New Living Translation, another one, this is the last one on this. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels of his, you mighty creatures, watch, who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you army of angels who serve him and do his will. I believe God is sending armies of angels to earth during this pandemic. I believe God is sending angels to this earth during this time that we're living in. I believe God is trying to get the church to wake up and realize that it's time to give the command, that it's time to begin to speak with our mouths what the will of the Lord is for this hour that we're living in. So we, we have Psalm 103. Let's look at the New Testament. I began to search through the New Testament, and I found this in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 1. Verse 13, it says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Set on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not? Who is they talking about? Talking about the angels in verse 13. That's a pronoun. They is talking about the angels in verse 13. So let's put this. Are the angels not ministering spirits? sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. The angels are sent forth. Now, this is a question. Aren't they sent forth to minister for the heirs of salvation? What's the living today's English version say? Are not the angels all ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance of of those who are to inherit salvation? The Amplified, oh, that was the Amplified. The Living says this, the English. What are the angels then? They are spirits who serve God and are sent by Him to help those who are to receive salvation. Now, if you remember back to Isaiah chapter 43, God says, I'm going to bring them from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south, all them who have been called by my name, all of them who have been called to carry my glory. The angels of the Lord are sent to be a help to those who are to receive salvation. You see, I believe there's people outside of the four walls tonight 
that are made to be in the kingdom of God, but they haven't been born into the kingdom yet. They are made to carry the glory of God in their lives, but they haven't been filled with the glory yet. But I also believe that we are now living in an hour and God is expediting and God is getting ready an army of angels and God is getting ready for the church to start giving the command for them to go out and to get the harvest, for them to go out and find those that have been created for His glory and ready to carry His glory in their temple and also those who are ready to receive salvation in their lives. Now that word to... uh, as an attendant, are they not sent out and ministering spirits, sent out to do the service of the Lord, sent out to help those? That comes from the Greek word, ministering spirits, that comes from the Greek word diakonos, diakonos, which means an attendant or to run errands. It comes from another Greek word to where it moves into to be in attendance, to be an aid to, to do service with. That's what they're sent to minister. Angels are meant to be of aid to us. Angels are meant to be of service to us and for us. Angels are meant to be as an official or as an, a waiter to be there for us. And so uh, what I'm t- trying to get conveyed to you tonight is that it's time for us to realize that we are not in this fight by ourselves. We are not by ourselves in this pandemic. We are not by ourselves in this fight. The angels of the Lord are ready and are waiting for us to give a command. They are ready to connect with us to do the work of the kingdom. So as we go on, I want to talk about Magnolia, Texas. We were in Magnolia, Texas. My brother and sister-in-law pastor a church in Magnolia, Texas. We were there, I believe it was in the spring of the year, around March, and they were getting ready for an anniversary service. And they had put an ad in the paper. This is the days before social media. This is when newspapers really carried most of the information and all of that business. They had put an ad in the paper about how the church had been birthed there and and how it had grown and and, uh, how people had been healed and and touched in the ministry of that church there in the community. And I would remember I was at that house, and it was, it was in the late morning hours, maybe 10 or 11 in the morning, and the phone rang, and my sister-in-law took a call, and she, she was talking back and forth. And after the call, she comes into the room, and she says, we have got to pray. And we're like, okay, what do we need to pray about? And she said, I just got off a phone call with this man. This man lives about 12 miles from here. He read the ad in the paper about our anniversary services. And he said this was his request. He said he and his wife had been divorced. They had really a rough marriage. And they had separated and divorced. And he hadn't seen his daughter, I believe, in maybe 7 years or 12 years. And he he would like to see his little girl. And he told my sister-in-law, he said, I'll tell you what, if your God, if God will allow me to hear from my ex-wife and my daughter, I will come to your anniversary services and I'll get baptized and I'll receive the Holy Ghost because all of that was in the, the article of the paper. And 
So I, I just got, I was there in the living room, and we they, they started to pray, and I said, Lord, I, I, we, I don't want to minimize this. I don't want to, it's not time to pray. It's time to give a command. It's time to talk to the Lord. Lord, in the name of Jesus right now, I send an angel of the Lord according to your word, God. You said that you came to seek and save that which was lost. You came to pour out your spirit on all flesh, the word says. God, this man said if you do this miracle that he would come and receive your spirit. So in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, according to your word, Lord, I send an angel right now to that man's ex-wife and his daughter. Wherever they are, whatever's going on, I pray that you would let them contact him and let him know that they are all right. And God, just would you answer that request for us in the name of Jesus. That's all I said. That's all that I, that I, that I prayed. I just put that down there that said, Lord, this is how you want to do it. This is how it's going to happen. So we had left, and it was a, the anniversary services were coming a week or two later. We had left and went somewhere else, and we got a phone call after the anniversary services, and it was my sister-in-law, and she said, I just want to tell you that that man that, was, that called that day, that his wife hadn't, and his daughter, hadn't, he hadn't heard from them in multiple years, that he came to the church and got baptized and God gave him the Holy Ghost during this, this anniversary time because he said the same day that he called me, that very night before he went to bed, his ex-wife called him and said, I don't know why I'm calling you. Something just told me to tell you to call you and let you know that we're all right and I would like to maybe make arrangements that you would be able to see our daughter. You see, God is in the miracle-working business. God is in the business of answering prayer. God is doing, in the business of doing exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And so I was so thrilled and I was so happy about that and how God did that. And as we just continued on our travels, I ran into a situation from Louisiana to Indiana. From Louisiana to Indiana, I was preaching a, a revival in a little town called New Iberia, Louisiana, way back in the day. And I was preaching about the, the, what the Lord had done in Magnolia. And a lady walks up after I was done preaching and she said, I, she said, I want to believe everything you're telling me, but it's so hard. She said, I, I just want you to know that I have a son that I have not seen. I think she said maybe maybe 15 or 20 years. She said, I haven't heard from him. I don't know if he's dead or alive. I don't know where he's at. The last I heard of him, he was somewhere in, in Indiana. That's all I, re all I remember and all I, I have left. And she said, I would just like for you to pray and believe that uh, God would have him contact me and let me know that he's all right. And I grabbed her by the hands and I just said, listen, we're going to agree together in prayer. And I prayed, Lord, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, God, according to your word, you have heard the, the, the testimony of this woman, what she has said. And God, wherever her son is right now, I command an angel of the Lord to go to him. And Lord, let that angel get inside of his heart and let that angel speak into his ears and let the voice of the angel say, you need to get a hold of your mom and just let her know that you're all right. And in the name of Jesus, we just believe, God, that according to your word, it will be done in Jesus' name. And so service ended that night.
The next night was another service, and she came back, and before service, she had a big smile on her face. She got to me before we started service, and she said, I got to tell you what happened last night. She said, when I got home, right before I went to bed, the phone rang. I picked up the phone, and she said it was my son. She said, he told me, she, I have been driving over the road for several years now. I've been living in Noblesville, Louisiana, or Noblesville, Indiana. And he said, I don't know, Mom, what made me call you, but something told me that I just needed to call you and tell you that everything is all right. And I'm planning on trying to get to see you at Christmas time. Are you seeing what I'm saying? God is wanting the church to begin to give out the commands and the edicts according to his word that the church will begin to see miraculous things happen. Listen, when people start seeing miraculous things happen in their lives like this, God is going to get the glory, and they're going to submit their hearts to the Lord. Oh, church, we're moving into Family Worship Center, Kingdom of God. We're moving into a time where the angels of the Lord are ready. They are willing. They are waiting on us, and it's time for us to be bold and begin to speak the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I'm almost finished. I know it's hard to believe. I know it. I know it's hard to believe. But I'm almost finished. But I want to talk to you about a vision in Louisiana. This was not my vision, but it was a vision from a a pastor's wife a very prominent pastor's wife in Lake Charles, Louisiana, years ago. And in this vision, there were several things. First of all, she saw in this vision, she was actually praying, and the Lord gave her a vision. And she said, in the vision, the church was at the church in a prayer meeting. And as the church was praying, as the church was praying, Angels of the Lord began to descend and go into strategic areas of the Lake Charles metropolitan area. These angels of the Lord descended from heaven and they stood at attention in these strategic areas. They stood at places of government. They stood at places of busy traffic and intersections. They stood at the corners of schools. The angels just stood there at attention. And in the vision, the lady says, Lord, she asks this question, why are the angels just standing there? Why aren't they moving? Why aren't they out doing your work? And the reply from the Lord was this, they're waiting for the command of my people to go forth. Now let me ask you this. Could it be that the Lord is waiting for you to give the command in your city, Pastor? Could it be that the Lord is waiting, the angels of the Lord are waiting for his church, his people, saints of us who live everyday lives in our towns and cities and on the countryside to be bold enough to believe that God wants to do something with us and through us and with the angels in this last time. 
But we're going to have to be bold enough to believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Is, it, are, is, we, are we in, is there a last day revival and a harvest that wants to come to this earth in the kingdom of God? I believe that there is. I'm going to go to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Today's English version says, What you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. We started out in lesson one of this series with this statement. The two most powerful elements in the universe are thoughts and words. I want to ask all of us this question. How many times with the words that we have spoken have we aborted a miracle that God has wanted to do in our lives by simply saying the wrong things. How many times have we negated a blessing just by speaking words that are wrong? Oh, pastor, you're just nuts. Probably. But it's all right. It's, it's great where I'm at. Nutty land is great. But I want to show you, I want to show you just a couple things here tonight about your words. Numbers chapter number 14. How about that? Numbers chapter number 14, verse 27. This is God talking to Moses. And he says, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say unto them, this is what the Lord told Moses. He said, I want you to say this to the children of Israel. I have heard them murmur. I have heard them complain. I have heard negative words come out of their mouths. And he said, I want you to tell the children of Israel, as truly, verse 28, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Now, let's, let's make that a little bit plainer. Okay? As you have spoken in my ears, I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to let you have that. Whatever you said in my ears, I'm going to let you have that. What did they say? They said, our children are going to die in the wilderness. We're all going to die here in the wilderness. The wild beasts are going to come and eat our carcasses. And God said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to tell them, I'm going to allow the wild beasts to come and consume their carcasses. Because everybody from the age of 20 on, or up 20 on upward, is going to die off 
and I'm going to take everybody under 20 into the promised land after this generation, this other generation is dead. And that's what exactly what God did. They said it, and God said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you what you say. Now, you got to remember this. The ones who were saying this, that God said, I'm going to go ahead and let you die, I'm going to go ahead and let you have exactly what you said, were the same ones who received a sworn oath from God in Exodus chapter number 13 or 14, where God said, I swear to you, I'm going to bring you to the land of promise. But it was their words that brought them down. It was their words that negated that blessing going into the promised land. We have to be careful what we speak. New Testament, Mark chapter 11. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Now watch. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. How about that? If you believe what you say when you pray, you, you shall have whatsoever you say. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Let's look at this in the Amplified. Jesus replying said to them, have faith in God constantly. Well, Pastor, it's hard. It's hard living in this world because faith, this is not a faith world. This is a real world. You know, this is real bill that we're living in. But you're going to have to walk by faith because we are creatures of faith. We are of the household of faith. We are of the kingdom of faith. God is trying to work in our lives. God is trying to do something in our lives. He said, truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. I'm talking about our words tonight. I'm talking about our words tonight. God is wanting us to speak these words. Now tell them this, the New American Standard, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the things very things I heard you say. You say, I'm poor. I'm broke. I'm not well. I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. Guess what? The Lord said, I'll do the very things you say about it. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, that was a new living, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. How about that? God is trying to get our attention tonight. Are the angels waiting on us? That's the question I'm leaving with you tonight. Are the angels waiting on us to give a command? Could it be that there are angels all over Vandalia, Illinois, standing at attention? Angels all over this area standing at attention. Oh, I could go on with Scripture after Scripture. I can give you where Joshua put a curse over the man who would rebuild Jericho one day. And about 600 years later, a man named Hiel came back to build and rebuild the city of Jericho. And the very prophecy and the very words that Joshua filled the atmosphere with was exactly what happened to that man named Hiel. We have scripture for it. You see, our words are powerful. 
But at this point, what I'm trying to say is this. Angels of the Lord are waiting. They worked all through the Old Testament. They worked all through the New Testament for the believers. Why wouldn't they work for us today in this hour that we live in? So in the name of Jesus, I challenge you tonight to pray about this, to search this out, to ask God to open up your understanding, to ask God to show you what's going on in the spirit realm, and Lord, what am I needing to do that I'm not doing? And God, help me to realize that you have a plan and you have a connection between us as believers and between the angels of the Lord. Let's pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, I just pray that this word tonight will touch someone's life and someone's heart. I pray that someone's life will be changed. I pray that someone's heart will be changed. I pray that someone's decision will be flipped, God, for faith. Help us not to walk in fear. Help us not to walk in doubt. But, Lord, let us walk in faith. Let us walk believing, God, that you want to do something mighty on our behalf. Move mightily in our lives, Lord. Let the angels of the Lord move into our key strategic places of our life, of our church, of our community. And God, we give them the command right now to go forth in the name of Jesus. I release the angels of the Lord according to the word of the Lord to go forth right now in Jesus' name. Lord, begin to work in their life, in people's lives. Begin to work, Lord, in people's hearts right now. And let the angels of the Lord move, God, throughout this area. Touch backsliders. Touch, Lord, those who have been created for your glory. Those that have been made to carry your power. But, Lord, your power has not been birthed in them yet. Move, God, in a mighty way to the north, the south, the east, and the west. Bring the sons and daughters from afar. Fill up your kingdom, Lord. Fill up your kingdom, Lord, with those precious hearts and souls. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, move mightily, Lord. Move mightily in Jesus' name. And God, help us to get ourselves saved. Help us to get our mouths saved. That, Lord, what we say will be words of faith. That what we say will be words of encouragement. That, what we, will, that we, what we will say, God, will give life rather than sickness, disease, and death. We pray it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, send this broadcast to the hungry hearts that it needs to feed. And, Lord, let those hungry hearts and those hungry fingers, God, find this broadcast somehow, some way, as we put it out there and pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining me tonight. Please let someone know about this lesson. Please let somebody know what was said. Let them hear it. They need to hear this word tonight.